0: Too Many Podcasts is brought to you in cooperation with the SJ Network. If you are a person who would like to appear on podcasts, contact Stephen Joyner at s-j-network.com. We now direct you to the Sherpa Chalet, where we will turn it over to Jim the Podcast Sherpa. How he got this job is anyone's guess.
1: Today on The Sherpa Screening Room, it's part one of a two-part interview with the show's voiceover guy. Lord Mr. Bruce Goldberg. Bruce and the Sherpa discuss a multitude of topics, but please take caution listening if you have a sensitivity to Celsius conversion. Normally, a science joke would follow this, but we only do jokes about elements periodically.
0: Coming to you from Sherpa Chalet in beautiful downtown Mount Podcastia, it's time for entertainment interviews in the Sherpa screening room. Grab an aisle seat and a bucket of popcorn, but don't crunch too loud or you'll miss the show. Now, here's your host, Jim, the podcast Sherpa.
1: Hello there, Rebels of the Sherpalution. Welcome to the Sherpa Screening Room. It is a presentation of Too Many Podcasts. You know, the podcast about podcasts. And you are listening to me, Jim the Podcast Sherpa, right here in Sherpaloo Studios, atop Mount Podcastia, the home of all podcasts, Hither and Yon. I never know what that means, but they're Hither and Yon anyway. This is what they told me. This is what my map says i got to let you in on a little secret about this episode. I've actually recorded this late on a Sunday night at 11 p.m. (laughs) And I was done after midnight. And it was a lengthy conversation with my guest, who you will hear about in just a moment. So being able to stay up that late, you know, it requires, I think, a little energy to kind of get through the day, you know. So I'm not dragging, especially not through this interview. I want to be up and, you know, when I again, when I tell you who this guest is, you're going to understand why I have to be awake. But thankfully, I've been using Magic Mind, as I've been telling you these last few weeks. And it definitely does give you that little extra oomph to stay awake and be alert. So I've really appreciated that, especially when it comes to, you know, recording late night interviews like this one. And there are a whole bunch of good ingredients in it. And let me talk about another one that I can pronounce. <laughs> we know about matcha, and that matcha, by the way, it has less caffeine than a cup of coffee, and it actually contains the catechins that extend the benefits of caffeine on like a time release basis. You know, so it's not like you're getting this big surge and then you're having a crash. No, it doesn't work like that. You just feel like you're awake and you're alert. That's simple. Not jittery at all. Your heart's not racing or anything like that. You're not all hyped up on caffeine or sugar. It's just natural stuff. And there's also something I can pronounce this one. Lion's mane mushrooms. Now, what are lion's mane mushrooms? They are a nootropic and an adaptogen. I like these scientific terms. I don't know what they mean, but this is exciting. And it says that lion's mane mushrooms reduce anxiety and inflammation while also supporting cognition by preventing... Neural Degeneration and Stimulating Neural Regeneration. Basically, keeping your brain ticking. <laughs> nice and simple, right? We need that. I mean, especially with my brain cells. You know, we definitely need some neural regeneration. I like that. So you're probably thinking, what is this stuff? It's basically a three-ounce liquid shot that you just take a quick sip of. And usually, like in the morning, you know, with your coffee, it's not going to get you jittery, as I said, and uh, it's not all sugary either. And it'll just keep you focused and in the zone. And, you know, I'm sure you all have days where you go to work and you kind of go through the motion and you feel like a zombie. With this, you don't have to feel like a zombie. You can just feel awake, alert, and focused. And who doesn't want that? It's more fun that way, right? So if you want to find out a little bit more about Magic Mind, if you check out the show notes, there is a code, Too Many Podcasts 20. And if you go to the Magic Mind's website, which is www.magicmind.com you will get a 20% off of your purchase and you can check it out and see if it's for you. You do have to take it for a few days to get into what Magic Mind calls flow state. Very good flow stages. Mm. And it'll help keep you nice and focused and feeling alert without that brain fog. So again, to check it out, go to magicmind.com and use my code Too many podcasts, and then the number 20 after that. For a discount. So check it out and feel more revived and focused. Now on to my guest today. Who's our guest today, Sherpa? Did you just hear that voice? That's my guest today. It's my buddy, Lord Mr. Bruce Goldberg. He has returned. You know, uh, I've done 300 episodes and it's been such a long time since the two of us got to sit down and just chat. And this is going to be a two-parter, folks, because we talk about all sorts of stuff. In these two episodes, he's an interesting guy to talk to, and he's led a really interesting life too, I think. And if you've never been to Australia, you're going to learn a lot about Australia as well. We we talked about all things Australia and a lot of other things going on in the world today. You know, the conversation that you're going to hear for this week and next week, they're the conversations that Lord Mister Bruce and I actually have. We kind of jump from topic to topic and talk about different things and. you know him, he's, he's a great guy, and he's a lot of fun. So I was glad to have him back, so we could definitely play a little catch-up, and you can hear the results of that conversation right about now. Yeah, okay, it's starting recording. There we go. Let everyone know they're being recorded. Bruce, you are being recorded. Bye. thank you. <laughs> All right, um, I'll start, and we'll just have some fun. We'll we just do like a half hour or so?
0: Yep. That's fine.
1: Okay, and if you got to run, you just let me know, okay? I don't want to hold you up.
0: Yeah, I run all the time to the toilet. <laughs> I, take, I take laxatives. No, no, I'm only kidding, I don't. <laughs> Shit, this is being recorded, right? You can you put this in.
1: <laughs> okay. This is the informal uh, in- introduction, because this is Lord Mr. Bruce. He's right here visiting the Sherpa Chalet. It's been a while, my friend. I'm, I'm glad that... Uh, I got you back on here.
0: Yeah, it has been a while, Jim. It's been a long, long, long time. It's been years, hasn't
1: it? Um, the
0: last thing we worked together was
1: uh, too many eighty songs.
0: Oh, that's right, the podcast. Yeah, that's right. That was very fascinating. That and and the Sherpa Chalet is doing well. I, I would imagine.
1: I, I hope so. <laughs>
0: Oh, you live there. You should know if you're doing well there at the Sherpa Chalet.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we're, we're staying in business. <laughs> that's all I know so far.
0: Yeah, um, I've always wondered. I, I, I've always thought maybe I should go skiing there one day. Go, go skiing in the Sherpa Chalet and, or near the Sherpa Chalet.
1: Yeah, Well, Mount Podcasting is kind of be, weird, so you just,
0: just got to be careful. You have to bring, like, special skis. No, yeah, that's all right. I, I can I can pop by and say hi, hi. Is there any wild animals I should be looking out for? At the Sherpa chalet.
1: There are a lot of yaks, so we have to be careful with that.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. All right, I'll look out for them.
1: All right. So for those of you who who don't know, Mister Bruce, of course you you hear his voice on this show uh, every week. Uh, he he's been our voice guy, <laughs> and he's done a uh, lot of other. Projects with me as well. He's always been a huge help. I really appreciate that. We, you know,
0: we're in season 12 already, Bruce. Wow. Season tw- 12 years of putting up with you, those poor listeners. <laughs> well, oh, years. I feel so sorry for them. <laughs> Dear listeners, we apologize for listening to Jim from the Sherpa Chalet for 12 years. He's going to compensate you. You can write to Jim at <laughs> Dear Jim, care of the Sherpa Chalet. One Snowtown Sherpa. <laughs> Luckily, I've changed my address several times since uh, <laughs> Oh, have you? Oh, you've been moving the chalet around, have
1: you? <laughs> nothing, well, nothing
0: worse than trying to move from the snow.
1: Yeah. It's just it's more to confuse the post office than anything else, though.
0: Yeah, usually you can you can tell where someone's hiding in a chalet because you see the yellow snow. <laughs> it's the yellow trail.
1: <laughs> that usually leads a direct path to me.
0: Oh, does it? Okay. <laughs> it's from excitement, is it?
1: <laughs> so, anyway, so, for those of you who uh, who aren't living in Australia right now, um, how many voiceover commercials have you done? I think you're probably uh, monopolizing the airwaves over there.
0: Uh, I wouldn't say monopolizing, um, but I've been doing it for 40 years, so I started very young. Um mm-hmm are oh, thousands uh, from every, anything from a brothel to a funeral home to um and i'm not joking when i say that from a brothel to a funeral home to the everyday retailer a lot of um phone ivrs which you know press one for this press two for that um leave a message all that thing all that stuff i should say um crime true crime uh voiceovers for podcasts um with a deep podcast you know um I did the the little things with Warner Brothers, you know, that serial killer movie. Okay. I did a, I've done a major television network documentaries narrating that. Um, yeah, look, a dozen million different things, uh, character voices, all that sort of stuff. Heaps well, of different things. So thousands.
1: What, what's the program that's on over in Australia where there's like a lot of adventure exploring?
0: Yeah, that's the four-wheel drive and adventure show on Channel 7, which is a major network, um, sort of the copycat of NBC in America. Okay. They even use the same news theme on Channel 7 here as they do as, as M- at NBC. that, da, 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 da. <laughs> this is NBC Nightly News with Jim the Sherpa. <laughs> that
1: is the one that they use, sir. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, the Channel Seven is one of the major uh, networks here, and I did a um, a whole series on the Four Wheel Drive Adventure Show, which is uh, still available, I think, up on their um, digital channel to listen to and watch. Mm -hmm. But it rated its socks off. It did very, very well. But you know, I I I I look into a lot of stuff overseas, what's going on in America, especially, and actually near you, actually where you really are near your 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 chalet. I've been following a a um a, a mystery that's been solved of the um Long Island serial killer. Oh, the Gilgo Beach with uh, Rex Hume. Yes. Your yeah, Rex Hewerman. that's him. Yep, that I've been following that very very deeply because I, I study that sort of stuff, true crime and I do true crime. I've done a lot of true crime po- podcasts actually, mm-hmm. but um yeah, that the the, the suspect, you got to say the suspect, the alleged serial right. killer Rex Hewerman. Yeah, because I haven't he hasn't he he appears in court I think uh early February is his next one.
1: Yeah, uh they Six. actually just charged him with a fourth yes. murder
0: as a matter of yes, fact. Yes, the fourth one. Yeah, the fourth one. Yeah. They used um uh nuclear DNA for that one.
1: Yeah, it, you know, they they intentionally kept it quiet for the longest time because they said they didn't want him to know that like they were coming for him when the uh the task force right. that was working on this case. And they That's they right. basically caught him coming out of his job and and they arrested right. him.
0: They, they 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 got pictures of him buying burner phones and uh because mm-hmm. he'd ring the the victims families up uh with these burner phones and taunt them and everywhere this is all allegedly okay allegedly we got to say allegedly sure. um allegedly where the burner phones were his normal phone was every single time and that's how it all came, started coming together
1: and they they traced uh, it yeah, the DNA to on like a pizza box or something like that?
0: that? That's right. But also on the on the burlap uh, sacks that those four were found in, they found his uh, wife's DNA and his DNA on mm-hmm. one of the bodies. Uh, the rest were his wife's. But his wife was out of town when these women were allegedly killed.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I have a feeling, though, that this is going to unravel and you're going to see that he's going to be a suspect in a lot more than those four because it just oh, seems... Absolutely. Yeah especially they said that that he owned property in Las Vegas that's right and uh, and there were people that they they couldn't solve their murders now they're wondering like well did these happen when he was in you know in the state
0: that, that's right but there's also another six near Gilgo Beach which haven't been right. yet uh, attached to him they've been dismembered though and one was a uh, a cross-dressing asian guy Yes. And there was there was a child as well from one of the prostitutes but so it's basically the same they're all prostitutes right. or, or street workers but these ones were dismembered were dismembered where the Gilgo Four were put in burlap bags so there is a slight difference but there is uh, but what are the chances of it being someone else using it as a dumping ground just up the road from where the Gilgo Four were I mean the chances are extremely unlikely that it's going to be someone else. It's probably him, but he's just changed his way of doing things because he was getting older. Right. Uh, he's a, he's a big guy. He's like six foot four and built huge. Yeah. He's huge. Um, but, you know, he's still denying it. He's still saying he's innocent and um, they've got so much evidence on him and what they've even released to the public. It's just a, it's, it's a no-brainer, but, you know, they'll fight it in court and he'll have his court day. And um I think they they've got the right person a hundred percent with um the stuff they've already got on him already. The DNA is basically the the, the slam dunk, I would say.
1: Absolutely. No, I was gonna say, you know, uh I know a while back you had a court issue, not not serial killing folks, versus <laughs> that serial killer, but you <laughs> <laughs> you you had a uh a defamation suit, right?
0: That's right. Yeah, a very well publicized one because of what I do here in Australia. Not not kill people, but um, <laughs> with voiceovers and radio and TV and all that. Um, yeah, I did, and I won the I won the case. Uh, it happened in a Facebook community group, and uh, this woman who I didn't even know, never met in my life, uh, I had to ask who she was when I read what she wrote, and um, she was manipulated into doing that by another woman who I've never met and only spoke with a couple of times but used to be some strangely obsessed with me. And I told her to cease and desist and sent her a letter to cease and desist Um, and it went from there. She manipulated this other woman to be the big hero to take me on and she fell flat on her face. We sent her bankrupt and got her assets in the end. Wow. We had her for breakfast. Yeah, but the, the other one who was the manipulator has friends in the newspapers. And because she works as a clairvoyant, that says it all, doesn't it? A a astrologer, I should say, in a newspaper, and she has friends in other newspapers. So before the court case, I was like being pointed as a big bad wolf. But really, at the end of the day, the court told the truth. The court papers don't lie, and the documents don't lie, and I won, clear, uh, fair and square. And they agreed with the court, agreed with me that it was serious defamation that I encountered, and I was compensated. But what the the media didn't tell anybody was I was also um, ordered the court costs as well, all the legal costs, all the legal costs as well. So we really hammered her and um, she's still bankrupt. She hasn't been discharged yet. So the, the moral of the story, if anyone is on Facebook that's listening to this, don't say defamatory things about people, which means made up things that are absolute lies, Um, because this could happen to you, um, when it's factual, that's a different story. Um, and you gotta, that's why even earlier in this conversation, we were talking about the Long Island serial killer, uh, allegedly, we had to use the word allegedly. We're not Mm -hmm. saying he is, we're saying he's allegedly because they haven't had the court case yet. Right. So, you just got to be careful with um, – see, being in the media, I was taught all this at a very, at 18 years of age. The insurance companies would come to the radio station and teach us what not to allow to air and what not to say on air because they don't want to be paying out for defamation. Right. And that's how I learned about defamation. And that's since that day, it's been pumped into me. And as soon as that woman wrote what she wrote that she was found guilty of, my – the red flags went up in front of my face. This is defamation. You can't say this. I don't even know the woman. Right. You know, and um, she made allegations and things that will prove to be lies and untruthfully um, said. And I, I didn't even know, Jim, that you knew about it. I thought, I knew it hit the newspapers overseas in the UK because it was one of the first court cases of its time that someone drew a line in the sand for everybody else, that that is it, that you've crossed the line writing mm-hmm. crap about, making up crap about me. Um, so it did make some newspapers in England, in the UK, I know that, and it hit everywhere here in Australia, on the radio, it was everywhere. Um, but I didn't know it hit the US. Yeah, did
1: it I, the well, US? I found out through, through uh, I, I think there was stuff on Facebook, I didn't see anything in the news, but I... Oh, okay, you yeah. might have and read my thing. I think we spoke about
0: it a little bit, too. Sorry, what was that, you? What? Uh, no,
1: I, I said, I think that we had spoken about it a little bit, also after uh, it was resolved.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Happy judgment. Yeah. It's about, it. it you know what? The anniversary is coming up on February the 14th. Yeah. yeah. 14th of the court case. Yeah. So it's four years ago.
1: Yeah. It, it's interesting because especially when you see what goes on with social media, and I mean, and mm-hmm. people are just, some some people, are, they, they just don't care. They just go at each other.
0: Uh, that's but, right. But I mean, I,
1: I thought that your case was so interesting because I had never really thought that, you know, that sort of defamation would ever be brought to the courts. But like you said, your business is online. So, you That's know, it's right. in your domain, really.
0: Well, my reputation is on, on the line mm-hmm. dealing, you know, with, with what I do for for work, uh, you know, with the voice work and everything. And I'm dealing with massive networks and big international companies and film houses and TV and radio. And I can't risk that. I didn't even know who she was. I had to ask around the local community here who, who the hell she was. I didn't even know. Had no idea. I've never met the woman. Didn't even know who she was. Never heard of her name before. But I found out very quickly through people who she was and what she does. And she's a very tall lady, I must say. She's six foot three. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm six foot two and she's taller than me. And I very rarely have met anyone taller than me. The only time I've seen her was at the court case. That was the only time. To- but I was told by my solicitors prior because all the pre-hearings that le- led up to it um that she's a very tall woman mm-hmm. and when i got there on the on the day of the hearing it's like holy whoa, she's she's taller than me i couldn't believe it <laughs> anyway so i'm not going to defame her by saying anything negative but i she just she she got what she deserved is what i'm going to say and the court was right and they ruled against her and um i was vindicated and that was it
1: yep. and and we're glad to hear that and I know. Just recently, uh, well, in the time that we are recording this, you guys just celebrated Australia Day.
0: We did uh, January the twenty sixth. Now that that's very controversial mm-hmm. um, because uh, Aborigines. there's Abri- Aborigines, yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, Captain Cook came to Australia, and it all it all comes around that January the twenty sixth day that we celebrate, which. Look, it's been very controversial this year um, because one of the big supermarkets or the biggest supermarket here in Australia called Woolworths, we call it Woolies, um, refused (laughs) to stock any Australia Day flags or or caps or anything with the Australian flag on it. And if that happened in America, I've actually said this on my Facebook thing, if this happened in America, you you wouldn't hear the end of it because America is very patriotic. Whereas sure. Australia is not, because it, it's a very mixed, multicultural country here in Australia mm-hmm. uh, um, since settlement. But how Australia started, for those that don't know, is um, it came from a penal colony from the UK. So if you have a look at the Australian flag, it's got the British flag in it, the Union Jack, um, and the stars represent the um, Southern Cross. Mm-hmm. So there's some history too, there you go, for Australia, uh, or about Australia. Um so it's been very controversial because there was also a vote earlier, a few months earlier um, about, it's called the yes the yes vote, which didn't get up, it, it failed, uh, giving uh, Aboriginal equals aboriginals equal say in parliament. So that was rejected by the mass of Australians, the majority, as all de- democratic countries vote with majorities, not minorities, and that was it. It was over, but... There's been a lot of hot water for the big supermarket Woolworths because of not stocking anything Australia, but they will they'll stock things that are Halloween. Go figure that huh. out. And we're in Australia, we're not in America, and they will stock things that are Halloween, but they won't stock Australia Day stuff anymore. That <coughs> does doesn't make up. sense. They used because to. That is a little odd. What it you- is odd.
1: What would you normally do to celebrate Australia Day before, you know, not, not uh, counting the controversy? Was yeah. it like, uh, like I guess, like the 4th of July in America? Is it sort of like that with fireworks?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but not on the same scale as New Year's Eve that we're famous for here in Sydney. But, uh-huh. um, yeah, there'd be some fireworks here and there. But people would get out on the water. and Because um, Australia is mainly a summer country, like outdoor country. That's what we really are. And you'd get out on the harbor and, and drink beer or, or have um sausages, uh, snags or a shrimp on the Barbie, as Paul Hogan used to say. Mm-hmm. Um it's full eat meat, Australian meat, um, wear Australia Day or the flag on, on your t-shirt or in your, your cap. Um just celebrate it that it's we live in a great country here. And we, and in this case where I am in Sydney, it's a beautiful harbour which not many can com, can compete with. Um, but we, the fireworks display is nothing to what we have on New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is just massive. It's, we're, we're one of the first countries in the world to have New Year's Eve. Right. Fireworks, like, like New Year. So the fireworks display is great for tourism. So we have this massive, worth millions of dollars, fireworks display at the Sydney Opera House and the Harbour Bridge. Mainly the Harbour Bridge is the centerpiece. And um, I've seen it since I was a kid, so I, I've seen them all before. And it just keeps supposedly getting bigger and bigger and bigger and better than the year before. And, um, yeah, that's that's something that we're pretty well known for in our harbour, is that New Year's Eve fireworks display. The people camp outside days ahead to get a good seat.
1: Wow. Yeah, yes. yeah. I see it on the news sometimes on you know, the other New Year's Eve celebrations, and they say, you know, oh, you know, here's the countries that already celebrated, and they always yeah. have that that harbor shot with with all the fireworks and everything like that, and it's just just yeah. incredible.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's the it's the view that you see like on my Facebook profile that you said is that your office view? Do you remember that with the harbor bridge and the opera house in the background there?
1: Right. Do you sure.
0: Remember? You, you, you probably remember that. Um, and for those that don't know what we're talking about, well, we don't know either what we're talking about, but. Um, <laughs> It's just a big, beautiful picture of the Opera House and the Harbour Bridge because not many people know until they get here into Sydney that the Opera House and the Harbour Bridge are right opposite each other. Two massive landmarks, icons of Australia are right opposite each other. You can't miss them. What is your favourite
1: place in Australia? I was always curious about that.
0: Favourite place? Yeah. Um, Oh, God, that's a good question. I've never been asked that before. I suppose just around Sydney Harbour, I mean- where I am, I'm very lucky where I live. Uh, I can see Sydney Harbour from where I live, mm-hmm. um, not with a view that I put up there that you can see. Uh, and that was just a, a, an actual photo from someone else that I stole, um, but don't tell anyone that, um, <laughs> on the, of the harbour. But I suppose the eastern suburbs of Sydney where I'm close to a famous beach called Bondi Beach, mm-hmm. and I'm born and bred around here, and, you know, close to the harbour too. So I'm in between the harbour and the um, the ocean, Pacific Ocean, um, so it's like a little strip of land in the eastern suburbs. And the eastern suburbs of Sydney is the richest area of Australia, uh, like real estate-wise. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, um, give you an idea, some houses around here go for like $22 million Australian. So um, that would be, um, work out the Australian, okay, so you're looking at, um, 22 I've got the calculator on standby. I don't know why. why. I just <laughs> I had a feeling we we're going to talk mathematics here today. So get, I want to give the, the, the people in the U.S. listening to this an idea of how much that is U.S. So it's about, I'd say it's about 11 million U.S., somewhere around that 11, 12-ish U.S. million.
1: Okay, wow. It's a lot of money. Oh, sure.
0: And all the celebs live here. or oh, uh, will we'll hang out here when they're on holidays. Hugh Jackman and Nicole Kidman and... Keith Urban, um, they all hang out here in this part of Sydney.
1: Were not you telling me that that Sasha Baron Cohen was living yes. by you?
0: Yeah, Yeah. He's not not now, but he was. Yeah, he was. Actually, I will tell you a funny story. A friend of mine um, went down to the local supermarket, a uh, local uh, fruit uh, shop down the road here, mm-hmm. and Sasha Cohen was there, um, just buying some fruit, and he went up. He went up to um, Sasha and he said, "Look, can I get an autograph for my son?" And he goes, "Yeah, but no pictures, okay? No pictures." He said, "No, no problem, no problem." So he said, "What do you want me to sign?" So they got a, a I think it was a piece of paper or something out from the, the fruit shop, and he signed it. And he goes, "What's your son's name?" And whatever he said, let's say in this example, his name was Tom. Okay. Okay. So Sasha writes, um, "Hi, Sash. Hi, Tom. Uh, this is um, Barat." I love sex. Best wishes, Perrat or Sasha, whatever he wrote there. But he goes, I love sex, and this is an eleven-year-old that's going to get the <laughs> the autograph. <laughs> yeah, he's got a sense of humour. He's a good good sense of humour. But he, they he, they kept the deal that there was no not, not going to be any photos. So that was that was and it hit the newspapers because it went on to the local uh, Facebook groups and then it hit the newspapers what had happened. But yeah, he was staying here. He was surfing down here at Bondi and. They moved out now. I don't know where they've gone. But um, she's Australian. He's married to, um, what's her name? The little redhead short. I've seen her around. Um, Aisha? Aisha Fisher?
1: Oh, yeah. She was uh, in a great Wedding TV crashes. show.
0: Yeah, she was oh. in Wedding Crashes, the movie, too.
1: Yeah. And uh, there's a show that she did on uh, Peacock called Wolf Like Me.
0: Uh, Peacock's the old NBC, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's
1: yeah, yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. it's like NBC
0: okay. streaming affiliate. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, yeah. So she's very short. She was in a, a TV show called Home and Away. That's how she started. Uh, it's a, a well-known soap show, um, which is shown here in Australia and also in the UK. It's huge. Home and Away is massive. That's where she got her start. Oh, okay. Before she, you know, uh, same with um, what's his name who plays uh, superhero there, Hemsworth. Uh, right. Yeah, he started as in Home and Away as well.
1: Really? I didn't know he was a yeah. soap actor.
0: Yeah, Australian. It's it's filmed up near Palm Beach, which is another beach here in Australia. We're famous for beaches here. We're we're an out like I said, we're an outdoor country. Mm-hmm. So anyone that visits us, you're better off coming here during summer.
1: Right. Which is the, the first half of the year, not the second half of the year, just so everybody
0: knows. Yeah, we have Christmas in summer. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. Hard to comprehend, I know, but we do. We have Christmas in summer, so um, summer for us is December onwards, right. three months. But we have what's called daylight saving. Mm-hmm. We have that you too. Guys- yeah. Okay. So daylight saving ours goes for a real long time though, and then you know when it hits June, it's winter.
1: Okay. So yeah, our winter
0: we- is your summer.
1: Right. And your your winters aren't like horrible, right? They're they're like well, what thirty degrees.
0: Oh, hang on. I don't know the conversion. Um, he's he's going to go back to the calculator. Hang on. Bring the, to the calculator. Let's go.
1: <laughs> to the calculator, Batman. There you,
0: yeah. <laughs> I sound like Adam Adam West. Um, <laughs> what was that, Robin? <laughs> Holy calculator, Batman. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. The calculator won't do a conversion, but you, you can Google it, what the, the comparisons are. But it depends where in Australia you live. I mean, um, I'm about six hours away from where the snow is Mm -hmm. i think about no about three two or three hours let's say where the beginning of it is and then six hours and get deep into it but our winters they're not as bad as the uk's winters or you i've seen your winters because i watch fox and friends and all that on fox news channel Mm -hmm. uh, on pay tv um you you guys are hitting like minus 35s and everything during winter um there's no yeah like we would we we would call a freezing cold day Australian temperature range um eleven degrees maybe mm-hmm. I, I mean I've been in minus seven in the snow but I don't know what the conversion is of minus seven
1: okay to- you know what I have my phone here let's let's see
0: if we can okay. figure this out because okay. now this is here <laughs> <Okay. laughs> let's see and thank God for Google huh that's right for nothing like okay. conversion. So, so so what's eleven degrees or eleven degrees in Australian um, temperature, convert that to American temperature. And we call that cold. But it gets much colder than that in the snow. But it doesn't go anywhere near to what the US goes or the UK.
1: Okay, I'm a, I'm a horrible quick typer.
0: <laughs> it's, I mean, you, you'd, get, you'd get frostbite there being in the Sherpa Chalet, wouldn't you?
1: <laughs> Let's see. Oh, wow. So you're... 11 degrees Celsius is like 51 degrees Fahrenheit.
0: Okay. And we call that cold a cold day. Okay. But in the snow, it goes to minus seven. When we're in the snow, which is about, say, five or six hours out of Sydney going west. Okay. So work that out. Okay, let's see. You get down to lower than that, too. Let's just say minus 10. Just round it up to minus 10. 14 degrees. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, hang on. Keep the calculation going. Now, during summer... We can get up to fifty degrees. Okay. So fifty degrees, you're gonna it's gonna blow your mind now. Fifty degrees, how hot is that in yours your scale? 122 degrees
1: Fahrenheit. Yep. That's like Welcome boiling boiling water.
0: <laughs> yep. You can cook an egg. You can fry an egg on on, on top of a car bonnet. You know the car?
1: Uh-huh.
0: And on the front of a car, we call it a bonnet. I don't know what you guys call it. Like the hood of a car of a car, yeah. We can cook yeah. an egg, or fry, fry an egg on it. I, so I, it's I've not, it's not all the time. <laughs> I mean, it's not always 50, but I mean, in Sydney, it can get up. To, I've been here where it's got up to close to 50, like 40, 40 something. Mm-hmm. So 40, just type in 40. At, today, for example, as I speak to you, it's 28, which isn't too hot. It's hot, but it's not. We're getting, con-
1: converting lessons here with Lord Mr. Briggs.
0: <laughs> welcome to converting lessons if you just joined us we're converting whatever you want just ring in now ask for jim he'll convert anything for you
1: yeah you used car you
0: used television set anything you want to convert he'll convert it for you (laughs) pay you cash
1: 28 celsius is like 82 degrees fahrenheit that's yeah
0: that's pretty warm yeah well that's what it is right now as we speak it's their summer
1: folks too so just keep that in mind yeah
0: we're right in the middle of summer here and february i think gets even hotter but uh yeah, we're in summer here in Australia. Are you a surfer? Uh, you know, It's funny. There's a brand called Billabong, and I'm wearing the Billabong T-shirt right now as we speak. Am I okay. su- Well, I used to go surfing all the time because I lived – I still do live right near Bondi Beach. Um, I, go, I, I can body surf. I had a surfboard when I was younger. I haven't done that for ages, though. No, not really. Not anymore. Okay. But you can go down there and walk along and – You know, this show should be sponsored by Tourism Australia. I mean, with the the (laughs) stuff I've already said, come on down to Australia.
1: (laughs) If we just take out the killer, we're good.
0: (laughs) You want to suffer heat exhaustion? Come to Australia. Hey, we'll look after you. You'll (laughs) end up in hospital on an oxygen mask. (laughs)
1: Well, that's why when you guys have the bad wildfires because of the the intense heat over there.
0: Yeah, a few years ago, it hit the news in America how... We could even smell the smoke in the city here, Um, because Sydney's like the biggest city in Australia, not far in front of Melbourne now with their population. But we've got about six to eight million people here, Um, and you could smell it from the bush—the burn, the burning smell. It was just, in fact, that was during just before my court case that we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. It was that same year, so that would have been two thousand twenty. Okay. Yeah, I remember talking to my solicitor in the in at a bar at a cafe. And what we're going to do the next day in court, and um, you could smell the burn everywhere. It was just terrible. You had to wear a mask. Yeah, Ooh. this is just before COVID, the COVID outbreak.
1: So you got to practice with the mask already then.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the smoke, oh my, it was hard to breathe. You couldn't breathe. People with asthma or problems with their breathing, you'd, they'd be suffering. They would have been suffering. This year, it's not bad. You can't really smell much at all. Okay, that's not, <laughs> that's a good sign. Yeah. So um there you go that's uh yeah there, there was a lot of animals that were ki- killed in the fires kangaroos and koalas and they tried to save a few i think they did and a few died though they couldn't save um but yeah that was it's because it hadn't been burnt back like we do back burning mm-hmm. if you know what that is but we, we we the people from the US come to help us and we help them when during their fire season too Right. So we help each other like brothers. I mean, we're always there with you guys. So sure. Yeah. And as you are with me. <laughs> That's right. We're always we're like brothers. We're all like <laughs> Australia's like brothers with America.
1: <laughs> it's like my tall Australian brother.
0: Yeah. Well, we've got American bases set up here. Right. Did you Did you know that?
1: Yeah, I think I think I'd heard that.
0: Yeah, we have in Pine Gap, and and also the American fleet always comes into harbor to our harbor always, and they have a, a breaks and holidays here when they um. When the you know the aircraft ship isn't out its out at sea servicing or looking after or protecting somewhere.
1: Oh, very good. they've cool. always
0: been they've been coming here since I think since World War Two.
1: Yeah, or, I, World I, War I I remember yeah. reading something about that that we that we had still uh, yeah you know, well, I mean fortunately the countries are still friendly and everything like that. So oh yes, yeah
0: yeah, yeah, yeah oh no Australia well Australia just helped America with the and, and the UK did too with um that recent attack they they just bombed somewhere at the houthis i think it was
1: right right in the, in houthis, the middle
0: east the, yeah in the middle east yeah so yeah australia's always there australia's uh, you know it, it is a, it's called uh, called aukus the agreement between australia america new zealand canada and the uk of course which we're part of anyway part of the commonwealth so, yeah, so, I and mean, but we've got other friends too, not just them. I mean, we've got, you know, Malaysia and we're not enemies with really anybody, to be honest with you, Australia. I, don't th- I can't think of any enemies. That's a good way to be. <laughs> well, yeah, I can think of some dodgy, uh, like, you know, questionable countries that are questionable to us. You know, I won't mention names who, but I can think of a few, but they're, they're not really enemies as such. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're like the cool country. <laughs> Like, <laughs> plus the marijuana, man. Yeah. Oh, Australian marijuana. Yeah. Uh, we have a drug problem here, but you know, we, there's a drug problem everywhere. Yeah, that
1: is true. I was going to say we probably have to cut that part out of the uh, Australian tourism bit. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, back to t- Australian tourism. Come on down under. We're upside down. You know, there's myths going around that Australia doesn't even exist. Really? Yeah, probably the people that think the world's flat. Flat Earth people probably think that too. Yeah. So, uh, they think Australia doesn't exist. Yeah. So, where have I been for the last so many years? In the Sherpa Chalet, you should have said. (laughs) I didn't want to tell anybody, Bruce. I know it's late there, but God, you've got to be quicker than this. Come on. (laughs) We're on that internet thingy at com.
1: So there you have it, part one of our part two interview. And if you come back, you'll obviously hear the conclusion next week. And Lord Mr. Bruce and I will be speaking about a whole bunch of other topics as well. I think we come full circle, even with more uh, Celsius converting. I know that was what you were waiting for, right? The Celsius converting. It's all about the Celsius converting rebels. And if you like this podcast and you want to check out some of the other episodes, you know what to do. Go to sharpalution.com. That's my website. And it's got all the episodes there and links to my socials, and links to the merchandise. And if you feel bad for me and you want to donate some money to the show, you can even do that there, too. It covers everything, Rebels, everything. So we will see you next time, and more of a chat with Lord Mr. Bruce will be ahead. Have a great week, and until then, I say to you, Viva La Sherpa-lution!
0: Thanks for listening to the Sherpa Screening Room. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review and share this podcast. I'm Mr. Bruce and this has been a Sherpa Lou Studios production. Viva la Sherpa
1: You know, Rebels, if you've been checking out some of my promotional ads on social media, you will be aware that I have been using a lot of AI programs to help me create ads. But you know what? There's a lot more uses for AI than just funny little videos. And I'd like to introduce one of our new sponsors, Podium. It is a leader in creating AI tools for podcasters. Now, let's say you've got a podcast and maybe you're even thinking of doing a podcast. You're probably wondering, well, how can AI be integrated with your workflow? I'll tell you about Podium. As a podcaster, you know that writing show notes and creating chapters and transcribing episodes takes a lot of time and it can cost you a lot of money too. But you know what? That's where Podium comes in. It's an AI tool designed specifically for creators and podcasters with the goal of making post-production tasks quick and easy. And in just a few minutes, Podium generates show notes, chapters, summaries, clips for social media, a full transcript, suggested episode titles, social media posts, and more. Whew, that's a lot of work for one little program. You're Show notes are key to your podcast success because it helps new listeners find your podcast and they'll know if it's a fit for them. You know, kind of like too many podcasts, it also improves your SEO that's your search engine optimization, big phrase there, and overall accessibility. And with Podium, you can focus on creating a great podcast and let Podium's AI do the heavy lifting. But Podium isn't just for solo creators and podcasters. It's a game changer for editors, producers, marketers, agencies, and production studios. Teams that use Podiums are able to increase workloads, decrease turnaround times, and improve their quality. How does it work? Very easy. First, go to Podium's website and you'll see that link that's right there in the show notes. You get three hours free just to try it. Pretty cool, huh? And using that link also supports this show as well. And you know what else happens? Because I'm a good guy. You use my link, you will get 50% off for your first month. So visit the site, upload an MP3 file, and download your files. And that's it. And if you need anything else, you can use Podium GPT to generate articles and any marketing copy you might need in Seconds, instant show notes, transcripts, chapters for your podcast or channel. This will level up that podcast. So check out Podium today.